1: All right,
2: welcome to Beth the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher, joined as always by Drew Dinsick. Somber tone today on Beth the Edge. Not <laughs> the weekend in the National Football League by any stretch, but we'll break it all down. Uh, we'll pour some salt into the wound We're going to talk Vikings Bills, which was. Great game of football, had some interesting betting repercussions uh, that we'll jump into. and Then also we'll talk about the Cowboys, their surprise loss to the Packers and the repercussions of that. And then we'll wrap with uh, another blockbuster primetime game, Eagle <laughs> Commanders, uh, which, yeah, I guess, I guess I'll guess i watch tonight. Um, Drew, how are you? How was your weekend?
3: I but my weekend was tremendous from just like a life standpoint. And then Sunday <laughs> happened. <laughs> the Sunday football was hellaciously bad for me. Uh I think I caught one small winner uh with the getting getting ahead of the uh the number on the Cardinals. Um everything wow. else I played I lost, I think. <laughs> it was I mean my accounts were just red, 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 red. Everything lost. Um That happens. I've had some fluky weeks this year where I felt like I won everything and I didn't deserve to. So I have to kind of absorb this as part of the game. Um, But as I sit here now and try to look at this kind of mess of a season we have in front of us, it is a really, really tough moment to try to figure out, Okay, did teams like the Bucks and the Packers did they revive any of their kind of they warranted the, the prior they came into the season with and you now have to decide, have I downgraded them more than they ought to have been? Or was this sort of a fluky upside for a team that actually isn't that good? Uh, similarly, with the likes of our Seahawks, like I want to be you know, giving them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because, hey, they were playing at six o'clock in the morning their time like of course they come out a little flat, like that shouldn't really be a surprise. Um, but at the same time, like doubt starting to creep a little bit, if they can get the job done in the NFC West, uh, and then, uh, yeah, what to make of the AFC right now, uh, Chiefs can't lose, but they're doing it in weird, ugly ways. Um, you know, Buffalo Bills Vikings game, which you mentioned, is kind of the standout in terms of you know, kind of swinging win probability and equity and a lot of you know futures pools. So uh, I think we should start there. And uh, that one was a wild one. That fourth and yeah. eighteen catch by Justin Jefferson probably goes down as the moment of the year in NFL so far. Would you say?
2: Yeah, I think that was that's. I mean, I can't imagine there's ever been a better catch than that. Certainly, given the circumstances, the only catch that came to mind for me was Julio Jones in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Just given, and obviously that was a much more important moment. But for Jefferson, I mean, I think that that catch was kind of it epitomised the whole game because the Vikings they didn't have, they didn't have any place being in that game. <laughs> Jefferson just had. An outlier historical performance in terms of his like his catch rate over expectation. Uh, it was yeah, one of the greatest yeah. performances of all time, uh, and then to get obviously the the fumble from Allen at the goal line. And I think the thing is, is like they got all of that stuff. They got the one of the greatest wide receiver performances of all time. They had a superstar quarterback fumbling in his own end zone with 40 seconds left, uh, and all of that happened, and they won by three. Like I think that's the thing with the Vikings. Is that yes, they are a good team. They're to me probably a true talent eleven and six type of team, and they've had this insane run in one score games. And I mean, the thing is, is like that seems dismissive of the Vikings, but. There's not that many true talent 11 and 6, 12 and 5 team wins in the NFL this year, so they might be one of the five best teams even though they're not at the standard I would say of a usual, you know, one seed challenger, but you know, I came out of that game feeling certainly better about the Vikings and their ceiling, but at the same time, like Josh Allen, who I think was the other story in that game is that Allen's been bad 3 weeks in a row now, and Patrick Mahomes is not bad 3 weeks in a row, and Allen I think his MVP case is largely dead on arrival now but mm-hmm. the bills i mean yes you upgrade the vikings but to me it's more about the adjustment <laughs> of the bills as now i don't see them being any better really out than kansas city or f- probably slightly better than philadelphia the bills will get healthier is the thing but in their current state i don't see why they're super bowl favorites over kansas city
3: yeah uh, they are now on the outside looking in at their own division Um, which is problematic, um, because if you're expecting to go on the road and win as a wild card in today's NFL, well, that's tough, but it's even tougher in an AFC where, uh, you know, you have real deal contenders at every, you know, at every step of the way. You're going to have to go to, you know, very, uh, challenging environments. And, uh, I don't think the Bills really uh, warrant this kind of consideration right now. It's pretty clear, particularly the past defense has suffered the absence of, um, uh, of Jordan Poyer in particular has been very, very, you know, broadly felt. Um, it was a weird decision uh, to let Alan go in that game in the first place, I thought. Uh, we, you know, we talked about it last week. There was a lot of... Um, you know, expectation that this was going to be a Case Keenum game. Um, I think overall, uh, the Bills would have benefited from letting Allen rest and reco- recuperate to a degree, let him reset, uh, and, you know, giving the keys to Case Keenum and, and having it, trying to get some other player, players to step up on that team because it's been a lot of like, let's stand around and watch Josh Allen do his thing. Um, they elected to go, you know, to let Allen. Call his own number, apparently, and he played through the injury and uh, he was uninspiring. The, uh, the goal line fumble, uh, it was fluky. Uh, I don't know if you really want to hang that on him, but that cost them a win. And it's going to be a potentially a very costly win, considering uh, where they stand now in division and, and in conference. So um yeah, I think realistically, there's not enough of a reaction here. Buffalo Bills have a tougher schedule down the stretch than the Chiefs do. All of a sudden, and um, yeah, they're uh, they're they're looking at a five seed right now.
2: Yeah, I think if you look at the Bills in terms of what their projected health will be when the playoffs starts, I still think they are the best team in football. But I don't think they should be favored over Kansas City to win the AFC or to win the Super Bowl just because. Kansas City are now game up with an easier schedule. They are f- clear favorites over the Bills to get the one seed, to have home field against the Bills in a potential AFC title game, and also they don't have to play uh, first round of the playoffs, whereas the Bills do. And with Allen's inconsistency and his, uh, how prone is the turnovers, it's not like the Bills are going to be guaranteed 10-point favorites in the first round of the playoffs. And then to your point about the division – Like, the AFC West is done. Kansas City have wrapped up that division. They are guaranteed to win that effectively, barring something absolutely catastrophic. Whereas the Bills now, to me, are like a flip against the field in terms of yes because it's not just Miami uh, who I think are a bet to win the division at current prices which is pretty much across the board above plus 200 which I don't understand and then also like the bills have the same record as the Jets right now and the Jets have the tiebreak over the bills and the Patriots are one game behind them and you know they're not probably not going to win the division but you know they're shorter than 50 to one to win the division so they're live as well so I do think it's uh certainly all trending in the wrong direction for Buffalo but they still I think have the highest talent level. Uh, Let's talk about another team with a very high talent level that had a surprise loss from almost an unlosable position. And that's Dallas who I think, you know, we were certainly on board with being one of the four best teams in the NFL coming into last week. Uh, Dak, kind of, he has those Dak type of games. Uh, you know, one of the interceptions wasn't on him, but he didn't play great. But I think the bigger concern is that the defense uh, allowed as many points as they did. I didn't think that Green Bay's offense had that ceiling in that type of game, uh, which did go to overtime. But still, what? How much are you downgrading the Cowboys after that loss uh, in Lambert?
3: I think you have to meaningfully downgrade them. Um, certainly. You know, if you had sort of a, a range of expected outcomes or performance range for Dak Prescott, you've now seen that, you know, there's a, a tail to the low that maybe you didn't have in there before, at least me. Um, I kind of had him as a, a lower, you know, a, like a higher floor quarterback, but uh, there were moments in that game where he was pretty poor. Uh, and I think overall, um, you know, even against a team that, you know, was seemingly dead in the water in Green Bay. The fact that you can't put away a 14-point lead was was pretty concerning. Um, I think I went back and watched the Christian Watson touchdowns, and those were just lax, defensive, you know, plays by some of the secondary. Uh, We've known that the Cowboys can give up those boomer bust type of plays in the passing game. They just haven't done it a lot this year. Uh, They didn't get really any impact uh, out of you know you know no wins one v one for their D line against the uh, the the pretty sad state of affairs going on with the Green Bay Packers O-line was concerning. Um, I mean, you're allowed to have a stinker uh, and coming off of a bye in particular, uh, I guess I shouldn't really be, you know, that concerned about a Cowboys team because, you know, they went into their bye feeling great. You you don't necessarily work on trying to improve in in those type of moments. Uh, And so coming out a little flat, uh, I think was, you know, was a realistic expectation. Um, But no, I think... You know, the, the idea that this Cowboys are going to sneak up and, and steal an NFC that's very stealable uh, is now something that I'm throwing question on because they are behind the Philadelphia Eagles substantially now for an NFC East. In fact, this, that loss pretty much makes Philly's NFC East chances 85 90%. Um, so if you're not going to win your division, you're going to have to go on the road. And Dak Prescott has been suspect in cold. He's been suspect on the road. He's been suspect in high leverage moments against good teams. Like those are the sort of the check the boxes where you're not really feeling all that confident in a Dak Prescott going out there and giving you an A-plus performance. And again, kind of in the same conversation as the Bills, um, if they've got to go on the road and win three games uh, to get to a Super Bowl, then I'm not exactly backing. I'm, I'm not I'm not a believer.
2: Yeah, I, that, the issue is, is now the division is done. They're three games back of the Eagles. They're down uh, for the tiebreak as well, having lost that game with Cooper Rush against Philadelphia. Dallas was one ninety five and O when leading by fourteen points going into the fourth quarter in franchise wow. history. Now one ninety five and one. They're still plus fifteen hundred to win the football. I wouldn't give up on Dallas just because of the state of the rest of the NFC and the fact that. Yes, they're almost certainly going to have to win three road playoff games now, uh, being the likely five seed. But the four seed is probably going to be Tampa Bay, who I still think they're better than, uh, even with what happened yesterday. I think the concern would be that you know they came into yesterday with the number one defense by DBOA, the best, the best defense yeah. in football narrowly in front of Denver. And I think that yesterday showed that even if they have the best defense in the league or close, it's not... It's not like an all-world unit necessarily relative to other best defenses in uh, in a season going back just because, you know, outside of – I mean, it's a kind of a silly statement, but outside of Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence, there's not that much on the defensive line. And if Pies, Parsons is playing off-ball linebacker, which he seemed to a bit yesterday more than usual, then the D-line can be beaten. The secondary is fine, but not all-world either. So, you know, I, I do think there are some concerns there. But the main thing now is – prescott going on the road three times uh are there any other teams that you're especially concerned about after yesterday oh
3: uh, man yeah our seahawks a little <laughs> i mean uh i mean not concerned but uh the the niners i i held when we did power rankings last week i had the niners up there in the conversation with the uh with the cowboys in terms of power rating um you know they, they were they were equal to a little bit better than the seahawks um and you know I, you, it shouldn't even, you shouldn't come out of a sunday night game with the niners winning that way and feel like anything good about them um, they had a lot of opportunities in that second half to win that with margin to cover that spread. Uh, they get uh, you know a goal to go opportunity to put a game away and can only manage a field goal, so that they have to give the uh, Chargers back the ball one more time. Um, that was a pretty uninspiring uh, you know kind of a f- closing effort from a Niners team that was at home that was healthier by a lot. I mean they were playing a defense that had three D linemen available for crying out loud, and you can't you know push the you know push the ball across the goal line. Uh, it was. It was, a, it was a very suspect kind of effort from a Niners team uh, in you know in a, in a situation where they really uh, you know could have I think shown you more. Um, I get it; they got the win. Every win is is me you know counts it's the same. So uh, whether you win pretty or whether you win ugly, it doesn't really matter. But um, yeah, that was a little uninspiring from a Niners team. Um, I think Seattle still you know with the week now to kind of regroup i think you know i'm i'm still keen to believe in them but uh you know that gap narrowing in the uh, you know for the uh, division is concerning
2: yeah that that was that's frustrating uh with how those games turned at the end cuz Seattle did have a chance to get the ball back late i don't feel any worse really about Seattle, Seattle's kind of talent level their rating coming out of that game just because I mean, one, they were two and a half point underdogs. I don't think they really underperformed relative to expectations of the market. And then two, Tampa went 10 of 15 on third down and including one pivotal stretch early in the game when they went five for five. And those were some crucial third down conversions. There were some blown coverages on third and long uh, for Seattle. So, And Seattle on the other hand, they went one and nine on third down and had a very bad fumble in the red zone too. So I think the Seahawks will be fine. It's just that now... It's just harder because they obviously they lost and the Niners won. So the division odds shift in favor of San Francisco. And it's all going to come down to that primetime game, which is in yeah. Seattle uh, later in the season, which will be a very nervous watch for you and I.
1: There's a moment you realize you're ready for what's next in your career. Maybe it's when you're trying a new scone recipe and think, I could open a cafe. Or maybe you're helping a co-worker and say, I could teach a course on this. Whatever your moment is, it's never too early to plan for a career that lives longer. That's why, the younger you are, the more you need AARP. For skills training, resume tips, and job listings, visit aarp.org work.
0: Do you want a beautiful lawn?
3: What do you want from your sportsbook? Better odds? Fast and easy live betting? Sounds like you don't want to just bet. You want to live your bet life. When you bet with PointsBet, the official sportsbook partner of NBC Sports, you get better odds and bigger payouts, all in a fast and reliable sportsbook. Download the app now and sign up with code NBC2000 to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Additional terms and conditions apply must be present in New Jersey, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, Colorado, Michigan, Virginia, West Virginia, New York, and Pennsylvania. Void where prohibited must be 21+. plus. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800GAMBLER.com. Net. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, one 800 4700 in Colorado, one 800 270 in Michigan, one 532 3500 in Virginia, Eight seven seven eight hope ny or text hope ny four six seven three six nine in New York. www.pointsbet.com slash terms and conditions for more details. Drew, download the RotoWorld app to
2: receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in the App Store today. All right. Let's talk Commanders-Eagles because we have to because it's a NFL <laughs> game. At some point in time. But I'm actually looking forward to Thursday night's game, Titans-Packers, which would be uh, very interesting, particularly for anyone holding a Derrick Henry Offensive Player of the Year ticket of 50-1. Mm-hmm. to one. But uh, let's talk Commanders-Eagles, uh, which, I mean, this is Philadelphia's chance to effectively lock up uh, the NFC East and, and continue to fight claw back that separation against minnesota for the one seed so the line is philly minus 11 at home the total is 43 and a half. do you have any plays on this game
3: yeah i think there is some expectation here that uh you're gonna get um you know a philly team that i think comes in tries to Take control of this game early, and then just really puts this on ice, Uh, which to me I think lends itself to an under forty three and a half. Um, Washington has played towards unders for the better better half part of uh, what five four or five weeks now. The one game that went over was that Green Bay game, which uh, you know in hindsight, um, you know was you know there were a couple of defensive scores that one might not have deserved to go over. Um, And yeah, I mean you know uh, this this Washington Commanders team from an offensive standpoint, uh, you have to go back to the Carson Wentz era (laughs) early in the season uh, against the Lions and the Jaguars to find a team that broke 24 points uh, offensively. Uh, And that's, that's concerning uh, going up against an Eagles team that can absolutely kind of, you know, play ball control against you. And uh, you know, if, Philly gets to points and takes the air out of the ball. I think that's a realistic expectation. So wouldn't expect Philly to race out and get a cover here. Wouldn't expect there to be, uh, you know, kind of a, a two-way, uh, you know, kind of firefight here with lots of offense. This feels like a, a pretty, um, you know, pretty fair market overall. I think if I could have gotten a 44, I'd be more more interested in uh, having a big stake on the under here. But at 43 and a half, I think there's still a little bit of room there for an underplay.
2: Yep. I would like... Yeah, the under would be my play as well. Definitely opposed to taking a side at the spread. I do think that Washington's defense has sneakily improved a fair bit over the past month where now they're up to 14th in overall defensive DVOA, second against the Rush, which is particularly relevant against a team like Philadelphia, although it might trigger them to throw the ball more, which they should probably do anyway. Uh, And on the other side, the Eagles obviously having a late defense. I don't think that the commanders are going to score too easily. In terms of the prop market, uh, my favorite bet of the night, and he's a good guy to go down in flames with, is Antonio Gibson. uh, (laughs) uh, Rushing yards are set at 30 and a half, which to me is extremely low against the Eagles rushing defense, which is... Is bad, frankly. We saw what Damian Pierce did to them last time out. Uh, yep. I don't think that Washington are going to try and establish the pass uh, early with Taylor Heineke. Antonio Gibson had 11 carries last game against Minnesota uh, and has kind of taken back some of the role from Brian Robinson. So, look, he probably only needs eight carries to be expected to go over 30 and a half rushing yards. Uh, so, I think that he should get that uh, and should go over anything that you like from a player perspective.
3: I agree with you that Gibson is the guy you want to circle. Um, he definitely has uh, kind of shown a lot more life uh, since about the middle of the, uh, the season here and you know maybe didn't take the way that they were treating him in the offseason especially well and has now kind of finally found his footing. Uh, he is a guy that has a little bit of pop, and I think you did point out the key weakness of the Eagles, which is their, their run defense. So um, that's a really fun way to attack. I would also kind of keep uh, you know, circled the, the, uh, the um, behind-the-key interception prop. Uh, he's going he's gonna to throw one. Uh, he does, you know, he's a little, he's, he's, he's loosey goosey out there. Uh, his turnover worthy plays are like crazy high for a guy that you think of as maybe a game manager type of quarterback. Um, so, uh, you know, expecting him to, uh, to turn it over, particularly in the red zone would be, uh, uh, would be where I would look. Cause you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be bend, but don't break kind of approach for the Eagles defense. I think, I think they're going to, you know, willingly give up 20 to 20, particularly with uh, yards on the ground and then uh, try to create those turnovers in the short field. Have you noticed anything
2: in the market with the Eagles in second halves with live betting opportunities? Just because I think they are one of the most extreme first half, second half teams. They're 7-1 and one against the spread in the first half. And then certainly they seem to more than any other team with their combination of just kind of offensive philosophy and the mm-hmm. fact that they're really good. So they're often up in the second half. <laughs> they just seem to take the foot off the gas and just go run heavy more than any team in the second half. Is there anything mm-hmm. you think people should be looking out for uh in Eagles halftime markets?
3: Yeah, I, if you want to bet uh, just Commanders in general second half, I think is a fair play because yeah, you're absolutely right that is their MO. Um they are very very uh they're very good at creating opportunities where Jalen Hurts can just just get to the sticks. On the yes. ground, uh, and they also are very, very you know savvy in terms of hey, um, it's third and six. We're at the midfield. Um, you know, we're not going to give Hertz a play where he's going to have to try to be a hero. We're just going to try to get three yards, and then we're going to go for on fourth down. We already know what play we're going to call. They've already practiced it, right? And so they are one of the more effective teams at just kind of making long drives happen. Uh, It takes all it takes the air out of the ball. It presents opportunities for second half unders. And then, uh, you know, if Heineke can get anything going in the second half, then you would expect, uh, you know, commanders minus the two and a half. If they're, you know, if they're at a deficit, uh, you know, meaningful deficit, uh, you know, I would play them up to that type of a number.
2: I like it. Yeah. The fact that the point you raised about not being comfortable putting it in the hands of Jalen Hurts on third and six at midfield is why it will be (laughs) an absolute travesty if that guy wins MVP over Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) Uh, Because let me tell you, Kansas City's fine putting the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands on third and six. All right, well, we'll break that da- that game down tomorrow for better or worse. But until then, if you want more betting, DFS, and fantasy advice right before kickoff tonight, tune into our NFL on NBC Sports YouTube channel at 7 p.m. Eastern as Lawrence Jackson, Kyle Dvorakic, mm-hmm. and a special guest answer your questions prior to kickoff between the Commanders and Eagles. All right, bit of a somber episode of H <laughs> given how hey, everything
3: played you out. Hey, you want to end with something positive? <laughs> well, well tip me. What do you got? Our, our Seahawks. Yeah. Two games left against the LA Rams. <laughs> yeah. That is a nice little kind of quirk of scheduling. Would have yeah. been good if the Rams could have got one out
2: of San Francisco, but uh, we'll take it. Seahawks so schedule is not, not bad at all. It's, uh, that's the one thing to hold on to. So yeah. I think our division price is not quite, but it's going to be hugely dependent on that price against the Niners uh, in, mm-hmm. what, 14, 15 on a Thursday night. That'll be, yeah. certainly for you and I, I would say the highest leverage game of the season. But uh, I believe in you, Geno yep. Smith, if you're watching, which I know you are. All right. Don't forget to check out <laughs> Edge.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks for those watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. And if you're listening to us in podcast form, Don't forget to subscribe and rate us from Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick. We'll be back and happier tomorrow.
0: One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader.